0: Chapter 12 Steps to Repentance Part 2 The second step to repentance is a sensible comparison. Compare repentance and unrepentance next to each other and see the difference. Spread them before your eyes, and by the light of the Word see how deplorable the unrepentant condition is, and how comfortable the repentant condition is. How sad it was for the prodigal before he returned to his father. He had spent everything. He had sinned himself into destitution, and he had nothing left but a few husks. He was on the same level as the pigs. But when he came home to his father, nothing was thought to be too good for him. The robe was brought out to cover him, the ring to adorn him, and the fatted calf to feed him. If the sinner continues in his unrepentance, then he must bid farewell to Christ and mercy. But if he repents, then immediately he has a heaven within him. Then Christ is his, then all is peace. He can sing to his soul and say, Soul, you have many goods stored up for many years to come. Luke 12, verse 19. The moment we turn to God, we have more restored to us in Christ than was ever lost in Adam. God says to the repenting soul, I will clothe you with the robe of righteousness. I will enrich you with the jewels and graces of my spirit. I will bestow my love upon you. I will give you a kingdom. Son, all that is mine is yours. Luke 15 verse 31. My friends, just compare your situations before repentance and after repentance. Before you repent, there is nothing to see but clouds and storms, clouds in God's face and storms of conscience. But after repenting, how the weather changes! What sunshine above! What serene calmness inside! A repentant soul is like the hill Olympus, all bright and clear, with no winds blowing. A third step to repentance is a settled determination to leave sin. Not a passing whim, but a resolved vow. I have sworn, and I will confirm it, that I will keep your righteous judgments. Psalm 119 verse 106. All the delights and schemes of sin will not make me turn back. There must be no hesitation, no consulting with flesh and blood. Should I leave my sin or not? but like Ephraim, say, What more have I to do with idols? Hosea 14, verse 8. I will no longer be deceived by my sins, no longer be fooled by Satan. This day I will put divorce papers into the hands of my lusts. Until we come to this final decisive resolution, sin will get ahead of us, and we will never be able to shake off this viper. It is no wonder that he who does not resolve to be an enemy of sin is conquered by it. But this resolution must be built upon the strength of Christ more than our own strength. It must be a humble resolution, as David, when he went against Goliath, put off his presumptuous confidence as well as his armor. I come to you in the name of the Lord. 1 Samuel 17 verse 45. So we must go out against our Goliath lusts in the strength of Christ. It is common for a person to join another in partnership. So being conscious of our own inability to leave sin, let us get Christ to join with us and engage His strength for the killing of our corruption. The fourth step to repentance is earnest prayer. The heathens laid one of their hands on the plow and the other they lifted up to Ceres, the goddess of corn. So when we have taken all these steps, let us look up to God for a blessing. Pray to Him for a repenting heart. You, Lord, who ask me to repent, give me grace to repent. Beg Christ to give us a look of love like the one He gave to Peter, which made him go out and weep bitterly. Implore the help of God's Spirit. It is the Spirit striking on the rock of our hearts that makes the waters gush out. He makes His wind blow, and the waters flow. Psalm 147, verse 18. When the wind of God's Spirit blows, then the water of tears will flow. There is good reason we should go to God for repentance. One, because it is His gift. Well, then God has also granted to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. Acts 11, verse 18. The Arminians hold that it is in our power to repent. We can harden our hearts, but we cannot soften them. This crown of free will has fallen from our head. No, there is in us not only inability, but also obstinacy. Acts 7, verse 51. Therefore, beg God for a repentant spirit. He can make the stony heart bleed. His word has creative power. 2. We must be allowed to ask God for blessing because He has promised to give it. I will give you a heart of flesh. Ezekiel 36 verse 26. I will soften your hard hearts in my Son's blood. Remind God of His promises, and there is another gracious promise. They will return to me wholeheartedly. Jeremiah 24 verse 7. Turn this promise into a prayer. Lord, give me grace to return to you with my whole heart. The fifth step to repentance is to seek clearer vision of God. Now my eye sees you, therefore I retract, and I repent, sitting on dust and ashes. Job 42, verses 5 6. Job, having surveyed God's glory and purity, detested himself or as it is in Hebrew, even condemned himself as a humble penitent. By looking into the perfectly clear mirror of God's holiness, we see our own blemishes and learn to lament them. Lastly, we should strive for faith. But what does that have to do with repentance? Yes, faith breeds union with Christ there can be no separation from sin until there is union with Christ. The eye of faith looks on mercy, and that thaws the heart. Faith carries us to Christ's blood, and that blood soothes. Faith persuades us of the love of God, and that love sets us to weeping. So I have laid out these steps to repentance. What remains now except that we begin the work? And let us be genuine, not as defenders, but as warriors. I will end with the words of the psalmist One who goes here and there weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Psalm 126, verse 6.